You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. All right, technical issues and tests aside, we didn't have any issues. Just no. like to do a mic check. Mic check, one, two. That's new. Mic check, one, two. One. Yeah, but we had some issues with it. And now I don't like to take a chance. You what know? issues? Well, uh, one time we started recording for, and then five minutes later we realized that the waveform was super big and everything mm. was distorted and right. rebooting the computer. It was fine. So who knows what that, that is. That one time. Yeah, one time's <laughs> enough for me because I don't want to go 90 minutes. And it we be, have re-recorded before. Yeah. After it, an hour and a half. Compl- and it'd be completely unusable. In fact, unusable. we did twice. We did um, Golden Compass three times. I believe that was the one. But now I have safeguards built in for... Well, if you do a podcast and use Audacity, Google Audacity Recovery Utility, yes, and that will save your life on numerous occasions. As the talent, however, I would like to, in the future, before I get here to this point and sit sit down, for you to have completed all of those sound checks because I'm too good. You for that need shit. to be involved in the sound. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I'll send so, in a stand-in next time. So it's Saturday, June the 23rd, 2012. This is After the Show, number 229. Um, what's After the Show, Sid Talk? Uh, is this a synopsis? <laughs> uh, it is a recording of our discussion of a movie every week after the movie, thus after the show. Because in the past, we used to... Just watch a movie, talk about it, and then you realize once, why don't we just record what we say? Because we were writing reviews already. And now, that's what it is. And we've done this 229 times. Although in the past, we didn't have uh, an outline for our conversations and things like that. We've added a little bit of structure. Actually, I went back and listened to like the first few. We started doing this outline on about the third yeah. one. Yeah. So it's been pretty consistent from about the third one. The first one's really weird, because we didn't know what we were doing. You can tell... We were like, uh, okay, uh, where should we start? It was The Rock. Yep. And um, it doesn't have any structure. And we were um in an hour in and we're... The Rock. Yeah. It was. Nicholas Cage, right. The Rock. Uh, yeah. So, it's uh, episode 229. The movie we're looking at this week is Man on a Ledge, the Blu-ray edition. It's a 2012 movie. came out really early this year. And it was released on Blu-ray on the 29th of May, 2012. This is a PG-13. It's from our friends at Summit Entertainment. And Sid Talk is going to give you the synopsis of Man on a Ledge. Or she's just going to say Man on a Ledge. <laughs> a lot of times the uh, the title kind of says it all. But no, in this case it is about a man... On a ledge. ...doing... Um, his motivations for being on the ledge are obviously not as straightforward as you think, clearly. He's not a window cleaner. He's not a window cleaner, and there are things involved, like um, uh, crimes and bad guys, corruption, etc. It's not an action-adventure. It's sort of a drama ledge kind of movie. <laughs> I think it's a drama on a white ledge. knuckle action thriller and a heart pounding adrenaline rush. Is that the That's what line? it says on the cover. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Both of those statements are on the cover. What I don't think so. There's no adrenaline rush for me. But 
That's not a negative. No. And you're entitled to an opinion, Mr. Somebody from ABC TV. Quote. All right. They're not just entitled to it. They've put it on the cover. Correct. <laughs> they must have liked that. Yeah. So, so let's say things like that. No. So, Man on a Ledge. Um, didn't know a lot about it. Totally avoided the trailer. If you put this Blu-ray in your Blu-ray player, and then you're getting ready to, you know, get a drink, sit down with your popcorn, actually... Press play movie immediately and then pause the Blu-ray. Don't let the menu run. Because the menu is actually an abbreviated version of the movie. And it's really annoying. Yeah. I mean, if you... I didn't watch the menu. I saw it. Um, somebody started talking. And I thought, that's too many clips from the movie. I'm just going to get rid of it. Then when we went back and watched the menu after the movie... We're going to call that a spoiler menu. Spoiler We're menu. dub it a spoiler menu from now on. Because some companies a, do it. It's It's a terrible spoiler menu because it literally accounts the main plot points in mm-hmm. order. It doesn't like even put them out every, of order. <laughs> every act of the movie and wait, yeah. okay, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Here's a man on a ledge, blah, 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 here's blah. Here's why, here's it, who. And here's, here's what happens at the end. Yep. <laughs> is the confrontation stuff. So what's the, th- what's the theory there? That if you watch You've the menu and you then decide it looks really great, you're going to watch it, or it looks really crappy, then what? You've already got the DVD. Yeah, or, or is it only aimed at people who have never seen this and bought, the, bought it on a blind buy and didn't know what the hell it was? Yeah, but... You're gonna watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's we need to we need an explanation from people with the mind who want to know a bunch of shit about a movie before they see it. I wanna I want a clear, rational explanation why you want to know what's gonna happen, who's gonna be in it, what's it all about, every little I want to understand because I think it's craziness. I mean I actually think it's like it's like every person who wants to just read the back of a book and go, well, it's good enough for me. I don't get it, you know? I don't get it. So if anyone has that mind, let us know. All right, so moving on to Man on a Ledge, and I want to note here we'll probably delve into spoilers in this review because it's a pretty hard re- uh, movie to talk about without kind of giving something away. I yeah, think. So, and we don't like spoilers, so pause or stop and watch it and then come back. And if you wanted this review to be like one minute long and we just say, oh, there's this man on a ledge and it's Sam Worthington and that's as far as we can go, then... I guess it's a little unfair to say because if someone's listening to this as a review as if they're going to trust our opinion and then either see it or not see it, then we're telling them to just go see every movie anyway. Because that's what we think. Like, <laughs> go see every movie yeah, and then just come back or and listen to us talk about it. Don't see some of them. There I are some that I wouldn't I disagree. tell people. I think see. everyone should see them and form their own opinion. We're not here to tell people what to see. No. We're here to tell them what we think of them. Yeah, I'm here to... Uh, we like no, to steer, I'm not here to guide anyone. I like to steer people in the direction of very good movies. That what, are you a brainwasher? Yeah. Because it's up to them. Yes. And did you tell everyone we're married? So that could explain some of the <laughs> future disagreements. If I disagree with you, it's not... It's because we're married. <laughs> no, it's because... No, you, <laughs> you, because you, we're married. You generally like similar things to me. True, I just mean that statement I think is unreasonable. Alright, so, uh, Man on the Ledge didn't know a lot about it. I knew there was a Man on the Ledge. I can see the cover. I'm not stupid. I watched Man on a Ledge this afternoon. You with, did? With you. We in there. We sat and watched Man on a Ledge. Um, we weren't on a ledge. I was on the edge of my seat sometimes. No, you weren't. Okay, so what did I think? I thought, and I didn't know what it was, and we're going into spoiler territory, so turn off now and go and see the movie, that it was a Man on a Ledge film. Okay. You know, I thought, 
one of my recommendations this week is a si- uh, similar, mm-hmm. you know, like a com- compressed, like, oh, it's just this one situation going down. Turns out, this movie is one of my favorite genre of movies. It includes part of your favorite genre, yes. Which is a heist of kinds. Yes. And it's a very um, clever, I thought, plot. Um, it, what's really good about this plot is it's boom feeds you very slightly the details. Like, in, you never get bored because it's literally like every five minutes or so in the plot. They give you another big expose, like, oh, wow, that is occurring. Or, here's a bit of backstory to this, and here's a bit of that. And all of a sudden, it just starts to... It starts at this very narrow, there's a man on the ledge. And it just starts to widen and widen and widen. Different characters get pulled into it. You get flashbacks of some things that have happened that change the whole thing. And then it starts to funnel back down. Yeah, it does. And and in in the middle there, where they're giving you all this information, and it's I think it's really well written, mm-hmm. because none of it... You don't go, huh? What? Eh, eh? Who? What? No, none of that. Which who's you do corrupting who? And who's twisting the knife? No, and, and that, I'm not saying that it's really simple. No. Because it's not. Because it actually has a lot of ties and threads. And stuff that you see at the beginning connects to something that you see in the middle. And I just really thought it was a very clever heist movie within a Man on the Ledge movie. You know? I mean, I didn't see it that coming, to be honest. And I never saw the... I didn't see... And it's not a subplot, it's the actual plot, the mm-hmm. the heist. I didn't see it. I, I just thought it was going to be a... There's a guy on a ledge, we don't really know why. And it's going to unfold through kind of, Yeah. And then we're going to realize the resolution. Yeah, but it's be... a lot more clever than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some parts where I was kind of... Uh, that's a bit... It's not fully unpredictable, let's put it that no, way. No, it's not fully unpredictable. As something unfolds, you go, oh, right, okay, yeah, that's that going to be this. But... It's not in a way that makes me not interested anymore. There are movies that once they reveal, or you get the glance, or the grin, or the note, or the guy behind the door listening, and then you go, okay, I know the rest of the movie, and then you're not interested. Can I tell you one that, in recent memory, that is that, and it's another heist movie, is Tower Heist. Yes. Because I lost interest in the heist, because it was... Clear. You can clear exactly what is going to happen. In fact, they telegraph the whole thing to you and then do it. And so is this, pretty much. Yeah, if you think about it after the fact. Halfway through, you're getting all the details. But I'm still... I'm interested in every person. You know, I pinpointed the bads and the goods right off the bat. Like, as soon as I walked on the screen without saying a word. And that still didn't make me go... Cross my arms and go, oh, God, okay. Okay, do your best. You know, nothing like that. I I was in it, so... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a clever way. Uh, you know, you can take, you can have movies that are like a concept, and it's like, okay, it's called Man on a Ledge. There's a man on the ledge, and let's try and do a movie of a man on a ledge for ninety minutes and make it interesting. Yeah. Without, th- there's one with Ryan Reynolds that I've not seen where he's um, buried in the ground for ninety minutes, and there's no cutaways. It's just him in a box in the ground for ninety minutes. That's a clever thing to, because to keep that interesting for ninety minutes, yeah. it must be a good. It's a concept. Isn't Similar it? challenge with 127 hours, although you're not there for 127 yeah, hours. Yeah, same thing. Because it's it's how do you make that visually interesting for this time? But this because it flashed back. It flashed back occasionally, but it's mostly like real time. Like if you're new to us, though, we don't demand that of a movie. I don't mind a movie that isn't like dynamic and shit. I like movies to be good, whatever yeah, reason. So, long so as I it's don't not- need. 
But I don't need, I don't care about static. If you've had a person staring at the camera for 90 minutes and I was totally compelled. Yeah, I'd have to be, be compelled though. That's I'd be I'm fine. Saying. It's a challenge for a I don't need, I don't sit there going, okay, when are we looking away? Uh, nothing like that. So it's a balance. You got to yeah. find, I think it's good. But yeah, this, this, um, the twists and turns and, you know, you say it's predictable and it is in ways, but then, then there was parts that weren't predictable. I was like, oh, okay, um, yeah, I thought it was going that way and it went that mm. way. And especially near the end, I didn't, there's a, the end's like a jigsaw puzzle, like two, three, four things going on at once. Um, I, one of my worst things about movies and is the ending of Sherlock Holmes 1. Yeah. And numerous They didn't invent it, but it's an example. Where somebody <laughs> falls off something, right? <laughs> and this movie, I thought, was going to do that at some point, and it didn't, so I was happy about that. I mean, I thought somebody was going to fall. We hate the bad guy falling into an abyss or yeah. onto a piece of metal or, or anything. into a river or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It just depends, though, I suppose. Die Hard, good example of a good fall. I mean, you know. Yeah, but it... it Almost to me, and Dyad was one of the first ones I saw where somebody fell off something and I was like, oh wow, cool. That was almost like the first and last time I should really see that because I, I, it's boring now. I mean, how many Bond films does somebody fall off something? Right, so then so then Die Hard wasn't the first. Cause Bond I think I saw Dyad before I saw Bond films. Hmm. You know, and then uh, what I'm saying is like the falling off thing and it's man on a ledge and it's, it's to dealing with heights and somebody high up. You would think somebody's going to fall off, but it's not that kind of thing. I mean, it's way more complicated than that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I um, I really like it. I think it's a recommended thing, and it's Absolutely. not uh, like an R-rated thing. It's not it's high quality. It's I PG thirteen, so you you know it's it, there's no bad language or nope. it's kind of it's just compelling, and it's got the rabble rousey thing, like you know, standing up. For what's right in this world, and it's got bit of a social commentary on, yeah, yeah, you know, on the very face value of it, how we are compelled by horrible tragedies, yeah, like people doing horrible things. The actual thing, like if you if there's you know been a big accident, like a truck's crashed, people slow down to have a look, or a man on a ledge, and everyone starts cheering, jump, 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 jump. which is not, it is a real thing that does occur. So yeah, it socially comments on us as. What do you think happens in that group when that happens? It's that mob mentality. And the assholes who were yelling jump, and then the person jumps, and then they're laying there. Do, they, do, those do they go, yeah! Or do they go, shit, sorry, man. I, I don't know I, what they do. It's too late. Never like, see you're, that. You're busted all over Somebody the sidewalk. Somebody needs to make a movie of that. Of the person <laughs> in the crowd. I want them to be the leading character. They're in the like, beginning, you're open up of them going, yeah, man, filming it, and being like, jump, jump, and then the guy jumps. Splatters. And they're dead right in front of them. And then the asshole person has to then deal with cope with that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. There you go. There you go. Let's write our movie. <laughs> and it ends <laughs> with him falling off of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He actually falls off um, London Bridge in the 18th century, right at the very end. <laughs> Only through some tangly wires and yeah. shit. Reference back to yeah, Holmes. So um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it's not the best thing since sliced bread. It's fi- It's a good. It's a good movie. You know, it's not. Um, it's not. No. You know, it's, it's not true. It's of what life. it is. It's yeah, not it's not that. It's not like a life changing thing, but it's a fun. It's pretty brief as well. It's like ninety minutes. It's a fun ninety minutes. Yeah, fun. I guess. Yeah, fun. I, I was like, fun. I thought. I thought. I like the characters. I like the thing. You know, and it's not. It's not really dark, even though it's like, oh, a man might be going to kill himself. 
No, it's not like that. It's not like a yeah. dark, gloomy tale. It's actually kind of upbeat and moves fast, that kind of thing. You know, as at points, it reminded me of like an episode of a TV show. Um, not production-wise, just the way it is. Like I could see it, like on a like CSI. Remington Steel or something. No, something more newer, <laughs> like a like a CSI or a something like a. I don't think they have this kind of story on CSI. The crime has already Maybe been committed. Maybe that was a bad, uh, bad example, like The Shield, or something like that, you know? Maybe. I've never seen The Shield. Yeah, well, it's just... Shows like, you the action. Yeah, and all the cops, you know... The drama between the them. The drama between There is, the like I said, some corruption tossed in yeah, here. Yeah, that stuff. You would think, after all these years, and so many movies, and books, and articles, and true-life court dramas and shit, with the corruption in law enforcement, that it could hopefully disappear but apparently people are people aren't they yeah um, this is fiction and everything it's not based on movies story, love a bit of corruption though don't they and then they how much of that is real and how much is I mean when you're writing a story and you're writing about humans <laughs> humans are very predictable and you know correct so there are certain things you can you can always touch on and we always have haven't we in stories over the years so so moving on to the cast Sam Worthington plays uh, Nick Cassidy the man like on the him. ledge I like Sam Worthington a lot. I mean, I love Avatar. I know a lot of people ditch, uh, diss Avatar and stuff, but I publicly re- ditch it. Yeah, I don't. But I think they don't. Public- you no, know, I loved yeah. Avatar. So, and I, you know, I love him in Avatar. I liked him in Clash of the Titans. And next week's review will be Wrath of the Titans, the sequel. I felt in Avatar he was a bit unsure of himself. Part part of that I think is him trying to do undo his accent constantly. Which again, why can't he have his accent? We're not going to argue that point anymore because I'm sick of it. He doesn't undo it in Avatar. He does. He's not what he is. He's not he Australian. Is. He is. He's not. Uh, I disagree. He's just his normal accent in Avatar. No, it's way cut, at least from what we saw on his real life interviews. Way cut down. And I think that's part of, like, a. I think it's st- stunted him a little bit, but in this one, he seems pretty. Cat, pretty um, natural, more natural, and really thoughtful about a lot of moments that are all about looking and like facial expressions between he and her. And you know, anytime I thought he did a really good job with that. And, the, I like and that moments he, of realization where it was real on his face. I really love that. I like that he can do uh, big, massive, humongous blockbusters like Avatar, and then a smaller movie like Man on a Ledge because this is like, and then something massive like Clash of the Titans. You know, he doesn't have to always do these blockbusters. This is not a blockbuster movie. Why? It's a small budget, um, small movie. You small know? budget? Yeah. What's small budget to you? Well, it's not an Avatar budget. I know, but that's not that's not even in the spectrum of what movies this is a, budgeted at. This is a small movie. Uh, you know, What's a small budget? Um, I think this one was uh, 40 million. Okay, that's not small, really. It is to me when something can cost 250 Right, but that's not a fair judgment. Like, All right, then, one a medium million, budget. Uh, like a million dollars is a small indie kind that's of budget. That's a minuscule budget. One million. No, that's like a small budget. Minuscule is like $20,000. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Loads of people make their own movies. They're right. not on the big screen, but I think your thing is askew, to right, be honest okay. with you. So, um, yeah, what I'm, all I'm saying then is... You can... It's just not Avatar? That's all you're well, saying. Well, no, Clash of the Titans, <laughs> which was another 250 million huge thing, and so right. is Wrath of the Titans. You know, he, and then I like to see him in a different role. I'd actually like to see him in. I think he's is he from New Zealand. I'd like to see him in. A, it's either from New Zealand or Australia. An actual. Do you remember that Australian movie we saw? Mm-hmm. Something like that, like the a square. Mo- the square, something like that, where it's like actually his homeland. 
I don't think the parts are any different, what he's doing. I don't think the budget impacts... Like, he was just... He was a dude, and his role was... I'm just saying I'd rather... I'd like to see him in, like... Um, uh, actually, in an indie kind of drama style. You know, not not something like this. Right. Because this isn't indie by any standards. No. It's a Hollywood movie. Um, so then Elizabeth Banks plays Lydia Mercer. I really dislike Elizabeth Banks. I have since um, Kevin Smith's movie. Uh... Zach and Mary make a porno, mm-hmm. which I despise really badly. You I, despise? Yeah. I've never heard you say I that. I never, never bought it. I didn't know you despised it. Was it despising or were you just so disappointed? I like Cop like Out the, better than it. The that's... standard that you have for him in your mind wasn't, it was just yeah, like, bleh. Yeah, it wasn't And if funny. any other director had made it, you would have been like, ugh. Yeah. But do you despise it or do you just despise him for making it? <laughs> I just didn't find it funny at all. Like, and, and it had such potential to be funny. And I like... I'm already it's invested in... cheap-minded. It wasn't funny. And she wasn't that funny in it. And I just didn't like it. So I've not liked her since then, really. And I've, I don't know what else I've seen her in. Seen her in a few things. And she always rubbed me up the wrong way because of that. Like, Unfair. But in this, I liked her. I thought she was all right. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, as soon as I saw her face, and I didn't know she was in it, I was like, oh, no, no, you know. You thought she was going to be all cheeky and one-line-ery. Yeah. yeah, she was, I want she like was a, good. I want, like, a better leading lady. This seems to, like, cheapen this a little bit. But then when she started going, I was like, no, she's all right, because she's kind of flawed herself, right? So I would argue that that's very unfair, but you know how I feel about Jonah Hill, so I think we're on the same page. Right. I understand completely. So I like He's going to have to do a hell of a lot, because I've never liked Jonah Hill. And I like that, you know, she's flawed. In a character, mm-hmm. but then again... But not deeply, and they don't give us... I mean, no. you understand why, partially, but it's unfolded reasonably, and she doesn't overdo it. She's not like, you know, no. like... And you can see that before this, whatever, made her kind of down and out, she would have been, a, you know, lots of potential and put together, and so I liked her. And then um, Jamie Bell plays Joey Cassidy, who's the brother of Sam Worthington in this. Um, you mostly will remember Jamie Bell from uh, Billy Elliot. He was uh, Billy Elliot. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, years and years ago. Um, but he's been in movies since. The one most notably for me, and it's a really bad movie, is Jumper. With um, Yeah. He was the friend of Jumper. But um, I like him in this. You know, he's yeah. not somebody I see a lot, right? And he was excellent in Billy Elliot, but he was a kid, right? So you don't... You know, you I don't... think my problem with the... In him in this, and I don't know if it's him, or just that they wrote he and the girlfriend as the, like, almost comic yeah, relief. Yeah, absolutely. But they're also pivotal yeah. to pulling off the whole plan, so they have to be credible that, oh my god, you know, they've had to learn a lot to plant this whole thing, and you have to believe that they've figured out how to and do it, it, and that he somehow taught them and made them research all these things for the heist portion. And he does but say yet, so, we've been training for this for a year. But you, that's not enough. Like, throughout the scenes with them, you have to feel like, yes, they're kind of light with each other, because they're boyfriend-girlfriend, and she's pretty fiery, and he's kind of, like, not dopey, but, you know, Just kind of like... Dude. Yeah, kind of like drooling over her a lot, yeah. and that kind of blocks his mind a little bit. But then I am convinced she, more than he, are, 
100% capable of all these pieces of the puzzle. You get a little bit iffy, like, oh, come on. But then you start thinking about it. Could I learn that? Absolutely. If you showed me a picture, I got the tool, told me where well, to What we're drill. talking about is that they do the heist. Yeah. Yeah. And they're having to plot, you know, getting into a building and all that and use a particular And it's typical. Drill. It's like Mission Impossible Absolutely. heist, but with, with actual technology that we use, like cell phones. Yeah, and, stuff. and stumbly. Just a little bit yeah. awkward because they're not professionals they're just basically doing every single like a recipe yeah he told them to go here go down this hall go through this and bed, in fact this. they have to consult him and that was this is what i didn't get to earlier the part that i didn't like about this movie he is wirelessly radioed up he's got like an earpiece in and a little microphone on his coat and he speaks to J- the jamie bell character his brother while he's on the ledge um Seamlessly. And I, yeah, and it, it was a bit too convenient that she kept going away and he kept talking to his... And they didn't notice he was saying anything. No, he kept walking away from her. Yeah, I know. But there was people in the room, the whole thing. Yeah. I just kept feeling, slowly, there's a man on a ledge and they've got access to the hotel room and he's literally feet away from them. They would be monitoring him at all... What is he saying? Why is he... You know, like, but... They conveniently leave him alone a lot during the beginning of the movie while he's having a chat with his brother. That kind of bothered me a little bit because it was like, really, nobody's paying attention to this. He's talking to somebody. In that second window? Is he talking to himself? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, and that second window that's right behind him. Sometimes you could literally open and pull him in. I know. I was like, oh no, no, move, yeah. please, move. I did because any second now I'm gonna get the feeling that you're pulling my leg. I did know? think if this was a real thing, surely they would go. You know, the SWAT team would come and go. Look, second window. He stood in front of the window, opened the window, pull him in, game over. I guess it's so, risky, though, because as soon as you try yeah. to grab him, he could just jump off. So Yeah, you can't explain it, but there was pl- plenty of that stuff where I was kind of like, you know, oh, you know, this is a bit, I have to go with this. Yeah, in the 21st century, you'd have to imagine there's more yeah. <laughs> involved in saving a person on a ledge of a building than just waiting for that, talking them off the ledge. But, again, I was able to suspend my you belief have to bubble a bit, don't you, in this? because I, I was into it, so... So then Genesis Rodriguez plays Angie, who's fantastic. the girlfriend of Jamie Bell in this. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and she is the uh, daughter of... Um, she's the daughter of a famous Rodriguez, but not the ones we know. Okay. I was just looking there on the... Uh, she's ab- she's, she's actually a, She's the star of the show. And she's actually a supermodel she's as well. She's funny, but she's credible. She's fiery. I would like to see a movie where she is the main character in some sort of similar to this, but she's pulling off a heist or pulling off a, a plot or a plan where she's the pivotal person. But don't make her the tough girl like Michelle Rodriguez. No, God, no. In Fast Five or something. Yeah, no. in the Fast and the Furious stuff. Don't do that with her. Or every I could, other movie. I ever. could see somebody doing Are that with Are you saying that's the only movie she's tough in? No, she's tough in every movie. <laughs> Avatar, all of those. Resident Evil. Yeah. But don't do that Girl fight. Her. And I could see somebody doing that with her. Going, yeah, she needs to be the tough girl. She needs to keep her sort of like the cultural thing, the social thing of a young woman today where she's like, you know, um, you know, whatever. And yet turn around and she's like really clever because she's has every technology at her disposal. Yeah, she's a bit of both, isn't she? And and a little bit ornery. Right at the beginning, she's putting lipstick on to go on the heist. Uh, Actually, while while she's on the heist, she's putting the stick on. Yeah, and, uh, he's, he's like, like, really, now? Yeah. And she's like, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> so she is a bit of, you know, Everything. the girly girl and the heist And woman. I can buy it. I, I was happy with it. And her. what was interesting, and one of the best parts was like, you know, they put her in this sexy outfit to do this heist thing and all that. And then 
I was thinking, and then she has to go down an air conditioning vent, and she actually is. It shows that she's not perfect because she freaks yeah. out in the vent. Like yeah. She's, um, so yeah, and I then like she's that. dangling on the thing, and she can't quite get to the pants. Yeah, well, there's a load of funny really moments, good. and that the tension is brought from those two. It's characters. not funny. It's not like overtly funny where you kind of it seems inappropriate. It's more like, oh yeah, if I wasn't, if I'd never done that before, yeah. I'd be a little awkward. Where he has yeah. to take a weight on the end of the rope and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's funny stuff between them. What, what he said. Um, and then Anthony Mackie is Mike Ackerman, um, who's pivotal in this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know him. I feel like he was a bit flat. Like there was no difference in when he's. There was nothing about his performance, at all. He was just. He felt very tele. You know when I was talking about television show. He felt like yes. he was from a television show. I don't know me. why you use that as a. Is that like a low standard for you? No, there's some not really at all. Good TV but stuff. He, yeah, he felt like he was from a good TV show. Like I felt like it's, uh, he's in something like like that. No, no, I've never. I'm thinking I've seen him, but I don't know. Um, but no, it's not. I'm not talking about it's like a low standard, but I'm talking about like, like Sam Worthington's not the best actor in the world Mm-mm. by by no means, but but he really delivers his lines really well. This guy felt. I just felt like he was. Just going through the routine of reading As some if more he was lines. Making a show every week. Yeah, there's right. some more of this that I have to do. Yeah, there not wasn't really a lot giving of, you all to it. Like. Yeah, there was nothing really behind. Well, a couple of moments, but not enough to make you go. But then again, maybe I complain because too many characters are stereotypical. He's not 100 percent in mm. his what he needs to do through the movie. So maybe I'm just jolted by that. But I felt like he needed to give a little more personality even you don't even know what kind of person he is other than the choices he's made no. whereas the other people have their little tells and their personality quirks and their eye rolling and he's just kind of like you know and then uh, I put down Ed Harris as David Englander Englander he's the um, baddie Ed Harris um, real estate mogul asshole yeah it's pretty Ed Harrisy kind of performance right did it look to you like he had the yeah, bald cap? Yeah, it did cap? look. It did look like he had a bald cap, but I don't think he did. I think that's just how he looks. And now. if he did, it was really poor. That was the only thing I had a hard time with in the whole movie. I was like, why? Like, because he does look kind of old and maybe he is bald. Oh, he is bald. Maybe they stuck all that hair on, and it just looked awkward because you. Yeah, only I mean, he's ever completely bald. bald. Normally, yeah, yeah, that must have been it. So why? Of- why though? Why couldn't he just be completely bald? I guess because then he looks the same in every movie. You know what I mean? So if I if I'm making a movie and I've got Ed Harris and they're like, he can be bald like he is in every movie, or you can put like this fake hair on him and it'll <laughs> look like one of the Three Stooges. Well, the thing is, if you take screenshots of yourself from ten different movies and in every single movie you're just the bald guy in a suit, right. I guess there's not much not much there for your portfolio. I think I'd rather he look like the bald guy in the suit than have like fake stuck on. I'm just saying they could have done better hair. I don't. I don't think they need to leave it off. It just looked weird. I actually, yeah, it was a bit distracting until this moment. I couldn't understand what was wrong about him. I was looking at him and thinking, his head looked like a funny. What's wrong with him? Is is he really thin now? For a second, it seemed like uh, Helen Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter in. Alice in Wonderland, you know, they made her head too right. big for her body. He looked like that. Well, that's what I what I kept thinking was, has he lost a load of weight? Is he ill? Does he, He's he, thin, he and lo- his face was I kept square. thinking, is he ill? Is he, he looks a bit... I'm not used to him like this. Is he not as muscly? What is it like? But it's that hair. It kind of reminded me now of Benjamin Button a little bit. Like yeah, it is a bit weird. <laughs> and now we're just like, everybody watches this, they'll be like, oh, whoa, yeah. Oh, we weird. Apolo- I apologize, because it's hard. But you know what? When they, something distracts you visually... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to. I didn't write down, uh, but 
because I'm out down this last week, all the people who are in this, but there is one person who should mention uh, Kevin Bacon's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's she called? Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. She plays a reporter. She's in it briefly. It's not Very really Very stereotypical. Massive. But she's kind of fun. It's a Grubby fun... Grubby little, like, bottom feeder reporter. Reminds me of, like, uh, you know, any comic book uh, movie or comic book reporter yep. you've ever seen. Well, not the just comic book movies. Loads of movies. Yeah, just like the... She's got the red coat, and she's scrambling for the she's shot, on the scene. and she's cutthroat, and she, yeah. she wants to catch every single thing, and she dramatizes every... Or, um, what's it called? When you... Yeah, sensationalize. Ta- yeah, sensationalize, yeah. Say that again. Sensationalize. <laughs> <laughs> sensationalize, Continuity. yes. Sensationalize. All right, so directed by Asgaleth, and he has directed nothing else. This is his first one. Um, you just, what, crawl out of a hole? Yeah, I think so. Um... Good directing. Um, we'll mention it. Now, well, we'll just go on to the extras and say... The extras, and there's not many. There's two extras. One of them's really weird and funny. It's... Um, the trailer. A, the trailer for the movie, and it's uh, Elizabeth Banks doing commentary on the trailer. Just on the trailer. Not the whole movie. Just the trailer. Does that indicate people's lack of patience? Like, we can only handle a commentary if it's two minutes long? Like, they phoned her and said, <laughs> do you want to do the trailer for Man on the Ledge? She said, uh, how long is that? 90 minutes? No, I can't do that. Can I just do the trailer? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, but she does the commentary on the trailer. She doesn't really have that much to say. She says how sexy people are and how how, yeah. how swoon-worthy Sam Worthington is several and times. And Harris. Yeah, she just basically says how and good And here I are. am, and there it is. And, yeah, there's and, a, and he was jumping. And because yeah. what do you say about a trailer? Do you know what? You know, when we like sit and watch DVD, uh, Blu-ray extras after a movie and we do watch the trailer for the movie just to say, oh, I like to see... Now I have seen the movie. I can see the trailer. Let's see how they marketed this movie. How was how good was this trailer? Was it too much? Um, I prefer seeing like somebody commentate sure. over the trailer because I've like seen it. the movie. I don't need to hear the dialogue. It's kind of fun. But um, there's no commentary on the movie, just the commentary on the trailer. And the second extra is 15 minutes long, and that's the only extra. It's called The Ledge, and it's your typical um, on-the-set... It's good, though. ...talking heads. How they made the movie on an actual ledge, on an actual building in New York City. Yeah, yeah. And there is trickery and CG, but... And we won't spoil it. It's actually one of those... We won't spoil the extra for you. No, actually one of those moments where I was like... I know they use some trickery because it's a movie, mm, but I didn't the... understand it was that. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I, I was kind of mind blown, like, some things, like um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, when we realized that was not a CG, that was a dude in a suit. That's, like, mind blowing. This was kind of mind blowing because I was like, wow, they, they did that? Because that is crazy to do what they did. So, yep. yeah, watch the extras and you will understand. Um, so, in conclusion, on Man on a Ledge, it's a good time, I think. I do. Good, good Saturday afternoon movie. Sunday afternoon movie, Monday afternoon movie. <laughs> Take it to work with you on your tablet, whatever. <laughs> Any afternoon, evening, morning, middle of the night kind of movie. Hmm. You can sit down with your kids what and watch it. What kind of a movie it. doesn't fit No, that. I don't mean you can sit down with little kids and watch it, because they might be scared of the heights or the ledge or whatever. The, no, they the won't. Ledge. They little might not understand even, it either. They won't even perceive the height. Not little kids. Nobody. No, no. No, I'm talking about they won't understand it. It's, it yeah, is of kind of complicated. And she's a bunch of grown-ups talking. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. Oh, and a great car chase. I, mean, I was going to mention, great car chase. He really did. There was a yeah, car really chase good. at the beginning, and he's in a Jeep, and the Jeep is going really fast. So fast, because at first I thought, oh, did they make this look faster? But he's going so fast when he's going in potholes. The car mm-hmm. was almost jumping off the dirt road that he was on. 
but then something else That's happens. Good. Which is yeah. I actually thought that when the actual car crash occurred, and we've seen other car crashes that are really good recently, how much the technology has changed, like a safe house. Yeah, um, yeah. How much the technology has changed for seeing cars crash because it really looks worse than it Absolutely. ever did, like, right? Because in the old days, you'd see two cars at each other and they'd go bang. Yeah. Beep, the horns would go off and you'd be like, wow, two cars crashed. But now and then it's as like, you pull back, it looks like that they put two cars there and they used a hammer to do all the dents yeah. and they put some <laughs> steam coming out over here and then they started there filming as if it had just and they kind of wiggle it a little bit to make it look but now it's like you crashed yeah car now they're not real. afraid to have it tumbling through the air the whole thing and yeah this one good. was good because this one didn't look like ridiculously cg or anything nope. like that it just looked like a real car crash and you'll sit you'll understand what reminded me of punch drunk love yeah that's a good one too oh yeah that was a bizarre part. <laughs> truck crash but that's my favorite um car crash is from the movie magnolia and it's when he drives the car into the front of the shop. Just Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> For the ambulance that flips over. No, I like the car into the shop. Because he's just not paying attention and just like, goes into the shop. Like, it's <laughs> it's a weird... Because the music's playing. Yep. He's playing... Um, what is it? Gabrielle. Dreams come true. In his car. He's just driving. What's that one? Dreams can come true. Do, 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 do. I only just wanted to do that. Um, you know it, right? I think so. Um, so he's playing that in the car. Drives up in the car. To is it work? It's work, isn't it? His yeah, the story works. And then. just drives into the window <laughs> of the shop. Just <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Watch that movie. Best movie ever. <laughs> um, so thanks to uh, Summit for the Blu-ray. It's a good Blu-ray. Um, next week's review will be, as I mentioned, twice. Wrath of the Titans, which is another Sam Worthington movie. Does Summit Entertainment do? more indie movie I mean India type movies these they do aren't less, obviously but nah Summit are kind of a mid like they're not like the huge blockbusters like Warner Brothers and they're not like the little would they indie do documentaries movies. they're in the middle no it's mostly movies but mm-hmm. they're mostly in the middle there, you know there's different film companies for different types of things isn't it you know? different PR and then there are different film companies like Fox who make all range of movies from like Aliens to like um, Juno you yeah. know, like every every scale, like so. Yeah, but yeah. Um, next week, Wrath of the Titans, Clash of the Titans was a bit disappointing for me because I've loved the first mo- original old movie so much. Maybe the Medusa made- had so much potential, and it just that was my disappointment of it because I think Medusa is a fan- fantastic kind of CGI yeah. potential character, and it just didn't it didn't look good. It didn't look right. So maybe Wrath of the Titans fixes all that and well, makes it- she'll be dead. So there won't be any. <laughs> Nothing's as it always as it seems oh, in mythology. All right, so uh, movie memory one two three. It's a game we play. What is it? You may explain everything. It is. You have to use your own memory when one of us says to the other, "Name three movies that have blah blah blah," and then you have to come up with your memory. No looking it up on the internet. No cheating with your phone or tablet or whatever nearby. You have to just think of movies you've seen that have that thing. And it's my turn. And today, I'm going to say name three movies that have a leading character who want to prove their innocence. How's that? The Fugitive. <laughs> yes. That's the most... I was going to say, that one doesn't count, but no, it does count. Yeah. Um, any... Oh, I'm thinking... Like courtroom stuff. 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can use. I found a couple that are in the courtroom. Someone trying to, and it's not just like, oh, I'm a fugitive and I'm going to prove my innocence. It can be anyone who's trying to prove their innocence. To kill a mockingbird. Does that count? Oh, sure. There you go. Absolutely. Um, and ooh, prove their innocence. Somebody's. It's not really the lead character in that one, but yes, no, that but counts. You, yeah. Um, I make the rules. So I get to say proving their innocence. I can think there's some sci-fi. Oh no. Oh oh oh. Well, this is fascinating was, to listen to. I was going to say Rambo, but no. No, he's just, not just framed for anything, to leave him is alone. Yeah, well, they did kind of frame him in that first one just to get rid of him, but no, he's not trying to prove his innocence. He's trying to kill them all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing as deep as proving his innocence. Uh, no, I, I'm okay. blanking on the third one. Okay. Now, this is a shaky one. I wasn't sure if I was going to allow it, but dead men walking because he's trying to convince the yep. preacher lady, priest lady that he really is innocent. Right. You know, and... Uh, I have another one. <laughs> the Green Mile. There's actually... When I looked, I thought, oh, well, there's going to be tons. Is Green Mile one? No. Um. <laughs> That's why it's to say the Green Mile. The Green Mile. I put three on here. Where the hell did it go? I don't know. But riveting, riveting. We're, we're, not, we're not prepared here at all. Are we? You're just having to look. look. Looking stuff up is the worst thing in podcasts. <laughs> Dead Man Walking, Fugitive, Slumdog Millionaire. That was my other one. Right. He has to prove yeah. whatever he didn't do. So. Right. So no, I think uh, looking things up on a podcast is perfectly natural. It's it's the fourth It's law. terrible. There's one podcast I listen to, and they literally look things up, all three of them on their iPads, right? They go... Um, is it a video? No. Okay. It's an audio. And they go... Who was that who did that game? What was his name? And one of them goes, hold on. It goes really quiet. Well, and you can just hear like, oh, 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 oh no, Google. Oh. And then another one starts yeah, looking Yeah, but we don't do that. We make it No, but what I'm saying, I've, I've seen, I listen to that every week. And it drives me insane. I'm like, okay, just cut that bit out. Oh, yeah. Or. Talk while you're looking. Talk and say something funny. Because like, we all do it. So it's not yeah. like we all, it's not like a hidden truth and about life. And they do it like several times a show like because the oh what was he called how many units did that sell oh. and then they go and look that up that's, that's <laughs> even boring information yeah. this was fascinating oh no it was well worth the uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that so, was the game for the week and you failed so movie recommendations for this week I am going with and these just felt like the vibe of this movie as in like a com- trying to do a concept in a confined area mm. So my first one is Phone Booth with Colin Farrell, which I actually think is a really good movie. It's really, it's like this, it's gripping, and you don't know what's going on. It unfolds very slowly. Yeah. Um, do you remember it? Barely. It's really good. I mean, I remember I seen it, I remember I seen it again on something, like on HBO or whatever, and I was like, wow, yeah, it's pretty good. And it's a good twisty kind of plot. And the second one's uh, David Finch's Panic Room, which, you know, it's, all takes place in the one house. You know, room to room. Yeah. Not all in the panic room. Because you might think, oh, it all takes place in this panic room. Mo- most of it doesn't take place in the panic room, actually. Most of it takes place in the house itself. But it's really confined, and you feel claustrophobic about it. Another one, and I didn't put it as my thing, but I might as well add it as my third, is Red Eye. Mm. That yeah. also feels... And you could also add Flight Plan to that list list as yeah. well with Jodie Foster. Tape. Yeah, with anything that's kind of... Tape is on, like, a one motel room yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, that was what I was going for. Phone booth and panic room. Okay, and mine are because Ed, not Ed Harris, the other Ed that's in this Which movie. we didn't mention in the... No, we didn't. He's good. Yeah. Ed, 
What's his last name? Look it up, look it up. No. Yeah, he's... He's, he's a, from 15 Minutes. He's typecast, too, isn't he, kind of? Yes. Yeah. He is uh, 15 Minutes. I liked... I think I liked... Edward Burns. That was it. Edward Burns. Yes. And my other one is... The other movie is Minority Report, because there's another man trying to prove his innocence, by mm-hmm. the way. And I do like Minority Report. I think it's one of those sort of in reverse, trying to prove you're not going to be guilty of a crime. Anything that's directed by Steven Spielberg is good. Is that a fact? Yes. <laughs> and my other one is, because of course I love WKRP, there's an episode where Les Nesman is on the ledge, wants to kill himself because no one has any respect for him, and the whole episode is them trying to talk him in. And so I feel like I got a few vibes from this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they weren't using that as a template, but, you know. No. All right, so that's our movie recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Coy stuff. This is the segment of this show. The name of that episode, by the way, was Less on the Ledge. This is the segment of this show where I talk about what video games and other stuff I've been doing this week. And first, I've been playing Disney Pixar's Brave. And that's enough said about that. <laughs> No, that was on the 360. No slander against the movie. We haven't seen it. No, the game's really bad. I mean, it's a movie cashing game, obviously. It plays really boring. I mean, I played it for like two hours. Would it be boring for a ten-year-old? I think so, because there's no variety. The the first level occurs, and what it is, is it's like um, a walk along, smash some stuff, pick the coins up. Walk along, smash some stuff, pick the coins up. Walk along, shoot some things, pick the coins up. That's what it is, right? And then I thought, well, it'll probably get different. There'll be some puzzles or there'll be some interesting things. There's no adventure involved? Not really. She barely... She says some stuff along the way. There's not many cutscenes. But then the second level was like the same thing as the first level, but it was icy instead of green. And then I got to the third level and it was... Do you want to guess? Green. The first one was green. The second one was icy. What was the third Desert. Close. Fiery. Okay. <laughs> I, I could see where it was going and then I gave up on it. Uh, it's for kids. It's for kids so who you like... it's fair, rec- you know? Have you had any kid games that you it, do love? Yeah. Toy Story 3 was excellent. Mm. Um, it was like an open world All right. kind of game. Um, this one is really poor. It's not. If you paid $60 for this, you would feel completely... Only thing I can think it's for... Well, you know what it's for. They may yeah. have to make a game when a movie comes out. Most of the time, they are shite because... There's no time to make it. They tell them they need a video game at the last minute. Somebody has to make it. But, I mean, somebody spends the time and the effort to make all the the graphics Uh, and the... The graphics, the frame rate slows down all the time, which is ridiculous because you can play a game like Gears of War that's, like, so... Or Spider-Man that you were playing yesterday. Yeah, or Gears of War, which looks awesome, right? And it never slows down the frame rate. And then this game, it doesn't look awesome, yet the frame rate's sluggish all the time, which is, like, ridiculous. It's like, why Why is the 360 struggling on this crap? I think they're using some old template where they just yeah. now can slap on top the graphics and the words that they want. And- yeah, it's not good. So Disney's Brave, it's not even a rental for me. I, The achievements are really easy. five years old? Why would you care about all these things you're talking about? Well, I'm not kind of recommending it to... I wouldn't recommend it to a five-year-old. I'd say get a good game like Toy Story 3, which you will (laughs) spend hours literally playing because it's so much fun, you know? Or um, there's lots of other, like, younger kid games that are good. Any of the Lego games? Buy one of those. I say bring back Reader Rabbit. Why didn't they do, like, Lego Brave? It would have been perfect. And the game would have been good. This is not good, right? So that was How about Lego Toy Story? Yeah, not done yet. That'd be fun. 
So the second game I've been playing this week is <laughs> the... listen to that idea. They're already toys, and I want to turn them into Legos. Correct. <laughs> so the second game I've been playing this week is The Amazing Spider-Man, which is the movie tie-in game for the new Amazing Spider-Man movie that comes out next week. Um, and it's actually a good game. Now based- listen to this. Listen to this little trio you have going on here. Usually, comic book movies in the history have been crappy, right? And movie games have been crappy, but we have liked Spider-Man movies, and now you like a Spider-Man game. I've liked Spider-Man games. And Batman game. Yeah, I've liked Spider-Man games in the past. Anyway, um... So somebody's doing it right. The best superhero games are the Batman franchise, the Arkham franchise, Arkham City, Arkham... My point is, someone's doing it right. It isn't just a given that when you have a movie and then you make a game that it has to be shitty and poorly done. Right. That you put the time and effort into it. Properly. Now, they didn't fully do this Spider-Man game, right? It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But what they did was they looked at Batman Arkham games and said, oh, those games are pretty good. People like them. (laughs) And they borrowed a lot of the elements from those games, right? So they made a Spider-Man game that is kind of like an Arkham game. The fighting is almost identical. The combo system is the same thing. The camera angles while you're fighting are the same as the Batman ones. And this is nothing to do with the Batman games. It's just they were inspired by that game, I guess. It's it's a open city, like a open world game, where you just go around the whole city. Batman and Spider Man live in the same universe, don't they? No. I mean, they're both DC. DC and Marvel. Oh wow! <laughs> so totally the opposite. That goes to yeah. show you what I know. So they would never appear in the same thing, but um, so it's an open city. It's all of Manhattan, and you can swing anywhere you want. And uh, you, there's lots of mini games like rescue this guy, go through these hoops. It's not voiced by the cast of the movie; it's voiced by voice actors. But who, interestingly enough, there is a famous actor in there, and it's um, Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead, and he reprises his role as in all the other Spider-Man games, Sam Raimi's games. Bruce Campbell was in them as the narrator or the tutorial guy. And he just played himself. I am Bruce Campbell. I'm here to show you how to swing. In this game, he's not the tutorial, but about halfway through the game, a blimp appears like a zeppelin. And it's in the sky. So naturally, you'll want to go and look at that zeppelin. You swing your way up there, and it's Bruce Campbell. And he's, hi, I'm here in a zeppelin. I'm here to uh, give you some mini games. Why don't we go through these hoops? And he's really funny. Like, it's just a... Yeah. There's no reason for him to be there, really. It's just... We They're like, how do we introduce these mini-games and... Because he's nothing to do with the new movie, because it's not a Sam Raimi movie. It's just people love Bruce Campbell, and he's kind of... He seems to be part of I feel of like it's really, really weird that in our... In the short span of time, we've already started to regurgitate the Spider-Man thing. Mm-hmm. It just seems bizarre. I like I, I don't have a problem with three or four different Batmans and kind of because that to me doesn't feel like a continuation of a story. I don't mind checking out the Batman, and putting in a new one. No problem with that at all. You can change it fifty times because each time you're going to tell me a different story. It's going to continue a little bit, but it's you know I don't have a problem with that. Bat, um, Bond, you can change him out every few years. I don't mind. But the Spider-Man thing was so established. Three times in a row, we're having a continuation kind of theme going Some on. Directs all all of these them. relationships between the friends, the triangle of the love, and then the aunt and all that stuff. His torment over the uncle, da 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 da. And now just ugh, erase, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you, over. You have to forget that I existed. Now. But it just doesn't make it makes no sense except for money, and I get that. But 
I don't know. They also there's, why there's in the comic books there are lots of Spider-Man's um, universes. There's yeah. the ones that don't exist in others, and you know they, you. they've reinvented him lots of times. So I guess they're just doing that. Like um, that was Sam Raimi's take on Spider-Man. Yeah. This is I don't know who's directing this one, but this is this guy's take on Spider-Man, and um, it might be more serious because Sam Raimi put like a humorous touch to it. You know, like his trademark camera angles and all that. This one might be just more straight up. But yeah, it's, it doesn't need regurgitating, does it? But anyway, the game is kind of fun. Um, it's a good... Movie licenses are usually kind of bad. This one's kind of good. Um, third thing this week, and this is amazing, right? So if you own a PS Vita, like I do, and you own the game Wipeout 2048, which is one of my favourite racing games of all time, it's like futuristic hovercrafts racing. So if you own that game, and most of you probably will, it's one of the best games on the Vita, and a lot of people picked it up at the launch... Um, so if you own this game and on the PS3 there's a game called Wipeout HD which a lot of people own too and the reason a lot of people own it is you know when Sony had that hack attack Mm -hmm. and then they give everybody a free game one of the free games was this game which is Wipeout HD so most people just own it by (laughs) By the fact that they own it Yeah. so if you own the PS3 Wipeout HD and you own the Vita Wipeout 2048. This week, they put a download pack on the Vita. And when you download it, the Wipeout PS3 game comes to your Wipeout game. All of it. I'm talking 24 new tracks. Oh, right. Tons of new races. A whole new career mode. All of it. And if you don't know this about Mr. A. Scully, he loves racing games. I do. Of so, any kind. So, well, not true. You don't like NASCAR. No. <laughs> so when you bought Wipeout on the Vita, you got a campaign. And it was the Wipeout 2048 exclusive to Vita campaign. Now, you get the PS3 version inside that with full multiplayer, online, the whole lot, for the price of free. <laughs> the best downloadable content I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh, there's a download pack for Wipeout. Well, I'll get that and see what it is. I'll pay for it. I was thinking it would be $10, right? I went and it said, free to owners of the PS3 Wipeout. And I was like, wow, that's almost Maybe everything. a new track, maybe a... Yeah, a couple of new ships or whatever. I loaded it up, not knowing what it was going to be. I launched it, and on the main menu, there's a new option. And it's like, Wipeout HD. And I was like, oh, Wipeout HD, that's the one on the PS3. Press it. And it is the full game. Like, the full game that you would have paid 20 bucks. That's for. not characteristic of Sony. Not, not characteristic at all. I don't really get it. I don't know... Was it a why. mistake? Not a mistake, because if you didn't own it on the PS3, like some people might have just bought PS3s, right? How does your reader know that you own it? Uh, because your PlayStation account, it knows you bought, the, it downloaded it originally. Mm. It just knows when you go okay. in the shop. When you go in the shop and you say, I want the Wipeout. So if download. you didn't buy it, you're not going to be able to turn your Vita and say, give it to me. No, well, you are, but you pay. So you can pay. It's twelve ninety nine for the pack um, if you never owned it on the PS3. Even that... Even according to my standards of tightwadness, that's not bad. All right, get this as well. It's twelve ninety. So say you did buy a Vita, and you never bought Wipeout on the PS3, and you but you do own the Wipeout on the Vita, and you're like, oh, I want this pack, twelve ninety nine. It's a bunch of new stuff. You buy it, you instantly get it on the PS3 as well. All right. So, so they just want to wrap it up together. So, and cross play. So I can go online on my Vita and play people on the PS3. That's why they want to do it because yeah. that will sell Vitas and PS3s and PS3s. 
And it's fantastic. I mean, I've played the campaign already on the PS3. Um, but it's got a bunch of new trophies. It's like having a new game. I mean, I'm not... I don't... I sit down and play it again this week. I've played like four or five of the... There's like 12 um, series of races that you have to go through. And they're all about six or seven races each. So it's quite big. And I've gone through it again. And I remember playing it the first time. And I'm having fun playing tracks that I've never played... That I've played already. So it's one of the best things I've ever seen for a downloadable content. Um... So if you do own a Vita, and that's only a few of you, apparently, <laughs> and you do own Wipeout 2048, switch it on this week and uh, download the pack. Um, it's well worth the money of nothing. It costs nothing. Uh, next week's um, game that will be coming out is Spec Ops The Line, which is uh, out on Tuesday. I'll be getting that one and playing it. It um, looks really good. It's a third-person shooter. It's voiced by Nolan North of... Um, Nolan North fame. Nolan North fame. <laughs> Nathan Drake fame. People and who don't play games don't understand. Nolan North is a man who has done voices and is sort of like the Brad Pitt of video game voiceovers. You yeah. gamers recognize him because he does... Everything. Almost. When you look at his thing on IMDb, I mean, he's just been doing video games since, what was it, 1995? Yeah. 91, maybe? Just a constant stream of video game voiceovers. And not just... Everything. He can be the lead guy, he can be a background voice, he can be a waiter, he can be a person on the street. And so he's now become famous in his own... He's making a a pocket of Hollywoodness where you will... You can become famous as a voice actor in video And the game. thing is, he's really good at what he does. Because, like, you only have to go and play Uncharted and listen to him speaking as Nathan Drake. And it's just... He, he injects the whole Nathan Drake. If it wasn't him, it wouldn't work, you know? I thought it did change recently. No, no, it's always him. Oh. Even the Vita version. Um, I don't think they would ever remove him from that equation of Uncharted. He, he Ooh, is he's got a good card to yeah. play then. Oh, yeah, huge. Um, Mass Effect, things like that he's in. But it's really cool. Giant Bomb, a website that I get a lot of video game reviews from, they have a, an award every year, which is the best video game that stars Nolan North, which is kind of funny, because it's literally... You've seen his list. 175 games, I think, so far he's been in. But anyway, this new game, Spec Ops The Line, it's like Apocalypse Now, but in modern times in Dubai. So so the world's gone to shit. There's this American... Crazy crazy man. (laughs) Yeah, and they're in Dubai, keeping the peace, and he goes rogue and forms his own faction. And uh, you go in as this Spec Ops team to try and take him down, similar to Apocalypse Now. How did, you, how did Dubai become... I, I'm a bit suspicious, and I don't know. I don't understand its rise to uh, how it happened. It's a, it's a huge deal in mm-hmm. this on this earth for a city to what seems like instantly become... It had some serious social networking going on or something, because in the last, what, five years, all of a sudden, boom, Everybody Dubai wants to be in Dubai, don't they? Well, I not mean, just that. They I want mean, it in the movies, they want it in the games. It's not they just that. It. It's literally, like, I watch shit like um, House Hunters on Home and Garden Network, right? And a lot of the people are relocating to Dubai because they work for an IT department for a big company or they work for a big chain of banks and they have to go there to relocate. And it's like they say we have 300 people that are moving over. And, I mean, it's, it touches like, I don't understand... Yeah. 
So this... Something happened. This is basically Apocalypse Now in Dubai in modern times. I mean, that's kind of how they're pitching it. So I'll be interested to see if the story is as dark as that, you know? Well, you shouldn't compare it. I know well, that's, are, what but... they, that's what they said. I mean, at E3, they showed it and said, yeah, compare it to Apocalypse Now, but in modern times. It's a dark... Dude's gone awry. Skulls. We're going in to take him... Yeah. You know, take him out. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see it. And I've played the demo. And voice acting is fantastic, because it's Nolan North as the main character. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, Amazon had a deal last week where they had, like, a, a cheap Blu-ray day. And they had 99-cent Blu-rays. I ordered one, and it, it's one of my favourite movies. And I don't know why I didn't own it on Blu-ray already. But it's Starship Troopers. And we watched it last night. And I've always loved the movie. I've seen it a lot of times. It looks fantastic on Blu-ray, I must add. Like, it almost like it's a new film. It does. And the special effects are, like, better than most special effects you might yeah, have seen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're t- it's dated because of some of the attempts at gore are very, like... But then again, you think, well, are they on purpose? Because it's trying to get that kitschy... 40s, 50s sci-fi, but then let's add a modern twist and show the blood and guts and gore, but let's keep it campy, and yet let's have it look amazing. These bugs look fantastic and all that. So it's kind of dated in that, because you see yeah, you know, the limitations, but again, you're right. It looks better than a lot of sci-fi movies do today, and it, it was so fun. It's just And it's like, such a cool adventure. It's it all, is. You know, it's that, I like how it's paced. Like, I like how it starts with them Oh, this might be. I mean, it's very—it's kind of annoying because you see, like, oh my God, can you get any more chiseled heads than these people? Like chiseled. Yeah, but I think that's what they wanted exactly. I know what I'm saying. That's obnoxious, and you feel like, oh, this is so—it's so pasty and gross. That kind of attitude of everyone has to be beautiful and perfect. But then, as you go through it, you kind of everybody gets their scratches and their bumps, and that's fine. But it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's a good movie, you know. It's, Don't let the kids watch it. Yeah, because it's super gory. It's got nudity in it. It's it's that's what I like about it. It's not like anything else of its, it's very kind. Early, it's like right off the eighties. So you've got well, it's not right off the eighties, but I mean it's ninety seven. Very reminiscent of the eighties kind of movies, mixed with you know sort of our new age new. You know, growing up of movies. And most of. movies that Paul Verhoeven, who's the director of this movie, it, he likes to put social and political commentary into his mm-hmm. movies. Same with RoboCop. Same with Total Recall. Same with mm, Total Star- Recall. So Starship good. Troopers. I mean, it's probably not, but I loved it. Probably not the same with Showgirls, which was also one of his Ugh. movies. Oh my god. That was. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. that's the only like. And people say Gili was bad. See, that's I incredible. get. I get where he was coming from with Showgirls. If you look at his previous work, Paul Verhoeven, it's got a really, like, sense of humour to him. Even Robocop's funny. I mean, it's it's not serious. It's like Starship Troopers. It's got that kind of... Guts and gore. Guts, guts and gore, but it's silly. Sarcastic. Also. Sarcastic. More than silly. Showgirls is exactly that. If you watch it, and you... If you watch it just as, oh, this is Showgirls, it's on. It's something else. It's something then if you watch it and you think, this is Paul Verhoeven doing this. He's, he's tackled all these sci-fi things. This him doing this thing. It actually kind of makes sense when you're watching it. Yeah, but you don't think. You don't have to. Show one should be required to consider. No, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. But if you are a fan of Paul Verhoeven and you sit and watch Showgirls, and you actually have all of his previous work in your head because you've seen it, 
kind of makes but sense. Elizabeth Berkeley's so bad. It is, and I think that's the idea. I think the idea of it no, was... I mean, she's actually not good? No. No. No, nobody's good in it. No, I mean, she's actually not good in anything. But nobody's that... I mean, they're not great in Starship Troopers. They're not great. I don't mean that. I don't mean the acting style. I mean, she's not good in anything. Right, so and I She think, wasn't trying not to be good. <laughs> you know, and it's... Showgirls is one of the most bought Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS of all time. It, 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 it's humongous in the home video market. Because... Why? People think they're going to see... Well, they do. You do see some tits and stuff, I guess, but... Charming. <laughs> you know, they marketed it as, like, soft porn at the time. Like, this is one of the most risque movies yeah. you're ever going to see. And, yeah, it is kind of like that. Um, but, yeah, it sells really well. It's always on HBO. It's one of those movies that's, like, everlasting. <laughs> so he probably just sits in the corner going, I made this really shitty movie and people love it. Some Somehow. Do you think he thinks it's shitty? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Probably not. All right, so that's um, everything. Yeah, and Starship Troopers, like, if you see it again for 99 cents. Well, if you see it for... It's it's actually $10 again now, nine ninety nine on Blu-ray. It's actually worth that. It's full of extras. If you like the movie... I'm sure it's on Netflix. It probably is. I don't know. It's Sony, so it might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's my stuff for this week. Sid Talk. And this is Sid Talk's section of the show. And we, I'm explaining this week. I say, what's for dinner? And you tell us what we're having for dinner. <laughs> why we do this, and why you might be interested in what we eat for our dinner, I have no idea. But we do it anyway. It just evolved, somehow. <laughs> uh, what is for dinner tonight will be vegetable korma. And we'll always say vegetable every week, because oh, yeah. that's what we eat. So we're never going to go, oh yeah, this week we're having a fatted calf. No, that's not true, because in the past we did. We just don't eat, yeah. if you don't know already, we don't eat meat anymore. during the what's for dinner segment, we always eat vegetables. <laughs> I mean, ever ventured into like, yeah, we're drinking a bucket of blood and eating a cow's eye. Do you think we only started what's for dinner after we stopped eating? I think meat? so. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't no. know, but uh, we don't eat meat anymore. We it's been like three years, so that's why everything we have is going to be veggie or vegetarian or vegan. We're not vegan, but so maybe you'll some get some tips of healthy foods. Yeah, tonight's going to be vegetable korma. I don't know how... Well, it's relatively healthy. It's got no dairy. It's vegan. This version, we get a packet of the seasoning and the sauce. And then you add water and vegetables and let it simmer for a little bit. And I'm going to put eggplant... Not eggplant. Zucchini, potato, carrot, sweet potato, peas, cauliflower. So that's all going to be in there. And then we have... Oh, i got to make rice. I forgot about that. Make some rice. And we've got some uh, whole wheat tortillas. Because instead of making naan or finding naan every week, I just get some tortillas and it seems good. It's, you know... It's great. Got to have something to go with it. And then for dessert, we're just having store-made, non-vegan, <laughs> pie. Peach Correct. pie. And uh, you have tofu ice cream, which is made out of tofu. I have coconut milk ice cream, which isn't cream, but whatever. So that's our what's for dinner segment. My advice, it's very basic. If you've never listened before, I've been much more wise in the past. Today is very basic. If you sign up for a two-week trial of anything, yeah, which be sure to cancel it. Be yeah. sure to cancel it. Because this last week, I signed up, not last week, well, two weeks ago, I signed up for a two-week trial version of Ancestry.com. Because I wanted to look up some Ancestry stuff. I put a reminder in my Gmail to shut it off, go in and cancel it. I was at work and I thought, and I canceled the reminder and I thought, well, tomorrow I'll just do that. it. And then I didn't do it. And yep. then I looked at my bank statement and, bada, and they, they took charged 100, me. 125 bucks or whatever. Yeah. 
So, and I don't I actually don't mind that much because I will use it. It's just that I What you need to do to now to get your money's worth is just every email day. everybody in your family or yep. people you know and say, "Do you want anything looking up?" Cuz I can plan. look it up. If yeah. you want to look up somebody or, and it's really fantastic. I mean, this is my recommendation of the week. Do the two-week trial of it if you're interested. There's no commission thing here, so just do it on your go to nah. the site and be sure to cancel it. And you can find, I mean, you gotta do some digging. Some of it's a little bit, you gotta find because it's all entered by people. Some of it's all public records, but if I'm looking for, say, my, my grandfather, whose name, we always called him Jim, but his actual name was Clyde Jr., and it wasn't J.R. period. His, his name was Clyde Jr., J-U-N-I-O-R, nice last name. So you have to know things about your family, do the search, and you can find things like people's original marriage licenses that have been scanned and in there for you to look at. You can save them. You can download them for free. Keep them in your folder. It is really good. There's other things that I think because different states and different countries actually have different laws, you do have to, they can't even get them, so you would have to send away for, but very few things. And census records are amazing. You look up someone's census record from 1857 and you'll see that your great-great-great-grandfather had, and here are the children listed, and then, boom, there's a weird name there that you don't know. So then you look at the next census, 10 years later, and that name may or may not be there. And then you get a little curious, like, well, who was that? Was that a child who died? And all that I've discovered is lots of children pass through families, and you wonder, did the parents die? Were they troubled? And then they end up in the home for a year, and then they're gone. Or maybe they were just there that day, and the census taker just wrote their name down. And then when I'm looking at my family history, I find a name and I go, oh, who's that? Great, great, great uncle or something. But I really like it. I'm trying to add pictures and documents myself to people so that if other people are looking them up, um, you know. I was almost stung by the don't cancel something. I signed up for Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> uh, they call it the member program. So you, you sign up for it and you get a two-week trial. Yeah, of course you do. No, a two-month trial, mm. actually. And what it is, is it, well, been nice. for the two months, you can order books. And what I did was I ordered a Sucker Punch book, which I, a movie book, which I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, and you get free shipping if you're in their member program. So I signed up for the member program, and then it did say very clearly, if you don't cancel this within two months, right. we'll charge you. And literally the day before, I it popped up on my Gmail calendar, and I went, oh yeah, I'll cancel that later. And I didn't. Or something, or didn't, maybe the website was being funny or something. And then the day after, they charged me. And then I had to email them and say, I don't really want this. And then they cancelled it. And then they, then there was a dispute. They weren't going to give me my money back. Really? Because it was I didn't a cancellation fee. And then they ju- my money just came back. So, um, yeah, it's easy to do to forget the cancel thing. And then, unfortunately, you lose some free trials, like we had six months' worth of Sirius, and it just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Amazon Prime is really good, and we use the free trials for Amazon Prime. We've never bought Amazon Prime. We just use the trials. Yeah. And I found out the other day that every nine months, no, every 13 months, you can do that trial again. With the same email address. Right? Yeah, with the that. same email address. So, like, a lot of people, like, save it up and then use it at Christmas time. Sure. Which is actually... That's a good idea. It was Lifehacker's tip of the day. Don't use your Amazon Prime until November. Right. Your, your trial. Use it in November, order all your Christmas gifts, and then turn it off. I'd probably be eligible then by November of this year. I but I get free shipping on most things anyway. Yeah, well, you get free next day shipping on the Prime thing. And that uh, that applies to everything, even two shops that shipping. aren't Amazon? Uh, it doesn't apply to everything. Okay. So but it's two-day shipping. But if you wanted a big, heavy 
things. Like, yeah, but you have to order it from Amazon. Yeah, See, so many shops now are not Amazon. Right. That you get caught up in it. You go, oh, cool. See, for things I order, like Blu-rays and games and stuff, it's usually from Amazon. And they'll give you the next day shipping. Release day delivery. It's really cool. I mean, it isn't. Because if I order gourmet international foods or specialty books... Yeah, like I ordered Amazon. a tofu press and it came from somebody else. Right. Um, so that wouldn't have applied. But anyway... Enough of that. That's my good advice then for the day. Cancel shit you sign up for before it charges your card. <laughs> All right. So I want to remind you about our website. And be a decent human being. There's some good advice for you. AceScully.com and SidTalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, X- Facebook. What's that? Twitter, Facebook. I have not heard of that one yet. It's like a combo site. <laughs> um, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to AceScully.com, click on the word podcast. And, uh, Do not go to aftertheshow.com because some prickheads over at some other website-owning place own it, and they want to charge $4,000 for Yeah, we it. was going to get the... <clears throat> I was going to get it you for your birthday. The domain aftertheshow.com. And it's $4,188. Yeah, some Kiss asshole. my ass. Yeah, no way. That's uh, what I say. $12 <laughs> I'll pay, but sure. nothing more than that. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascoolyatascooly